Good evening, everyone. It's great to be here with all of you. Um, I'm thankful to be here. As of today, I suppose, officially it's been about eight months I've been here full-time with the Mount Juliet congregation, and I consider that a huge, huge blessing in my life. I've been so blessed to be here as an intern the last couple summers, um, and then in the first of this year, I was able to come here and serve alongside Philip Jenkins um, and in great interns and to serve this wonderful family here, and I'm so thankful for that. Let's begin tonight as we uh, pray together. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to get together as your family, to join together in studying your word, uh, to build up one another, to encourage one another, and to worship you, Lord. Be with us throughout the remainder of this time together, and as we go from here today, help us to be more and more like your son each and every day. Pray all this through him. Amen. Have you ever been asked to do something that you really didn't want to do? I mean, really didn't want to do. And if you're a kid and you have, um, you know, parents that have chores, you say all the time, all the time, I'm asked to do things I don't want to do, right? But maybe some of you all can relate to it in other ways. I know for me in college, it was definitely homework. I was a procrastinator. And it didn't really matter. I was going to have to do those things at some point, but I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to avoid it at all costs. I was able to spend some time with some college buddies this weekend, and I saw their dorm room. I'm not sure they ever, ever have folded laundry. Um, they, they wash it, and they dry it. It goes right back into the same laundry basket, and they just keep avoiding it, they said. They don't like to fold their laundry. Maybe some of you can relate to that. But we all have things in our life that we want to avoid. Maybe it's a tough conversation with somebody. Maybe you've been asked to do something where you need to stand up to somebody. Maybe you have a hard decision you need to make and you really want to avoid it. You put it off and you put it off, but that doesn't change the fact that you're going to have to do that thing. You're going to have to have that conversation. I don't know about you all, but many things, and not the laundry part, but many of those tough, difficult things in our life that we need to do, sometimes God has a way of getting us to do those things, doesn't he? Sometimes he has a way of us inevitably having to do those things. If you've ever been someone who's had that tough conversation that needs to be had and you've avoided it, like I have in some conversations in the past, we can relate to this guy named Jonah. And that's where we're going to be spending our time here tonight, in Jonah chapter 1 specifically. You see, Jonah was a prophet. A prophet can be a fancy name for a preacher. Jonah was a man of God called and given the purpose of taking the word of God somewhere. And that is what Jonah was called to do. We're going to go ahead and get right into our story here in Jonah chapter 1. As Jonah receives this great, great commission to go and to do something that he didn't want to do. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. All right, we're going to take a moment here and think about this here. Jonah has been called to go speak to the people of Nineveh. Here's the thing about Nineveh. Nineveh is a major city in the Assyrian Empire. If you've ever heard of the Assyrians, it's because constantly they were battling, and God was using them to humble the people of Israel. And Jonah is called to go and to call out what? To call out the evil 
that has been coming up against God. Jonah has been tasked to take this message to these people, to call it out. Now, we talked about conversations we like to avoid. I don't know about you all, if any of you all have enemies, but we kind of tend to avoid those people, right? People that maybe who have wronged us in the past or that we don't want to deal with. Jonah has been called to go and to speak to the epitome of enemies, a nation that has continued to demolish the people of Israel, and Jonah has been called by God to go and talk to those people. Now, I can't totally blame Jonah for wanting to avoid this situation, for wanting to get out of this. You see, Jonah is unlike many of the other prophets. Not only is he called to go and to speak to these people that are his enemy, but Jonah's also been called to leave his country. Many of the other prophets were called to talk to the people of God, to call them back. But Jonah, in a sense, is a missionary. He's been called to go to this foreign land and to draw the people back to God. Although Jonah... We're going to profile him a little bit for a minute. Jonah is a bad missionary. Jonah doesn't really have the heart of a missionary. When I think about the heart of a missionary, I think about someone who wants to go and to share the gospel, wants to go and to bring people to the Lord. And instead, Jonah says, no way, Jose, as my dad would say. No way. They don't have an interest in it. Jonah doesn't want to deal with that. But their evil has come before me, God says. And what is God's answer? God's answer is to send. Their evil has come before him, and God is going to respond to this evil by sending Jonah to speak to them. You see, like Jonah, we have also received a great commission. Jonah's was a little bit different than ours, but ultimately God has called us to go and to share the word with other people as well. In Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20, we see this message that God, that Jesus gives the Great Commission, for we are to go into all the world, baptizing people, making disciples in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that was referenced this morning as well in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18, as it talks about that any of those who are in Christ have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Any of us who are in Christ... For those of us who are, in Christ, are Christians here tonight, this doesn't exclude anybody if you're a Christian. This definitely doesn't exclude me. I struggle with this so much. But we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, which is a fancy word for saying, if we are followers of Christ, he calls us to be ambassadors. He calls us to reconcile people to God, to bring people back to God, away from their sin. And that's what God has called us to do. He has called us and given us a great commission in this world to take the gospel to people and to share it with whoever we may meet. You see, that's what Jonah wanted to do, right? No. No. God gave Jonah this mission, and Jonah avoided it. In verse 3, we can see here in Jonah chapter 1 that Jonah didn't run To the people of Nineveh, he didn't gladly go and proclaim the message of God. He fled. Verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. You see, Jonah was trying to run. Jonah was evading his responsibility. If you're evading something in cleverness, you're trying to get out of it. And Jonah thought he could run from God. 
I know I've been there in my life before, trying to avoid God in life, but God has a way of making things happen that he needs to. You see, Jonah's journey to Nineveh from Joppa would have been about 550 miles, okay? A pretty long distance, 550 miles. And there should be a map up here. However, he fled to Tarshish, which is 2,500 miles in the wrong direction. You see, Jonah was truly, truly avoiding what he needed to do. He was truly evading his responsibility. And as I said, I have avoided responsibilities and things that I've been called to do in life, but I've never gone over 2,000 miles away to get away from it. I don't know if any of you have, but I can acknowledge that I am guilty of this just the same. But Jonah fled from what God called him to do. And it got him in a little bit of trouble. You see, I want us to think about Jonah here, and I want us to acknowledge that Jonah is called to go and to preach and to speak to the enemy. That is what Jonah is called to do. It's not about evangelizing his best friend. It's not about taking, uh, reconciling people to God from just the person next to him. But Jonah is called to go to his very enemy. Not even just his enemy, but the enemy of his whole nation, of his whole people, and call them back to God. Continue reading with me in verse 4. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know whom this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Tell us, on whose account has this evil come upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And Jonah said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more temptuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. You see, Jonah is still trying to run, only this time, instead of getting on a boat and going uh, in the wrong direction, which he's already done, he's saying, this is my fault, and I think it's God doing this, and he's trying to get me and go to do what he wanted me to do, but actually just throw me over the boat. Get me totally out of here. Jonah is saying, get me away from this. He's continuing to try to evade his responsibility. You see, Jonah is struggling so much throughout this to go and to do what God's called him to do. I can relate to Jonah there. I struggle some days to do what God has called me to do. And loving our enemies, like Jonah's being called to do right now, to take the word of, the, of God to his enemies, that is not something I excel at. That's something that God wants us to do and what God wanted Jonah to do here. Do we avoid thinking about opportunities to share the gospel with people 
I know I have in my life. I've overlooked certain people. I've, I've overlooked opportunities because I've decided, you know what, it's okay. That's a little bit uncomfortable, and you know what? Honestly, I really don't like that person, and I don't really want to talk to them. I have struggled with this in my life. I don't know if I really have enemies, per se. There's not really anyone I can think of here and say, hey, that person is my enemy. But I do know people in my life that I've struggled to love and sometimes even to like. And that's not very Christ-like. But thinking tonight, Jonah is avoiding the people of Nineveh, the people of Assyria, Who am I avoiding tonight? Who am I fleeing from? See, as I said earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about those of us who are in Christ have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That is the mission of drawing people back to God. And I struggle with this. Sometimes I in my mind, not even thinking about it consciously, but write people off sometimes as unreachable or maybe too dangerous to reach or maybe someone else will talk to them. But God calls us to speak to whoever we have, whoever is around us. Maybe your enemy actually is your neighbor or your coworker, or maybe even a family member. And I don't mean they're actually your enemy. What I mean is the person we're avoiding talking to about the gospel, the person, the very person that God wants us to talk to, who are we avoiding today? See, Jonah's disgust for the people of Nineveh, his utter disgust for them because of the things they had done to his nation, didn't change the reality that God still gave him that mission, just as God has given us the mission that we have. That great commission that was given to Jonah and the great commission that we have Are we evading? You see, just because I have issues with certain people, maybe in society or whatever that may be, doesn't change the fact that they're a soul and that God wants me to reach them, to reconcile them to him because of his great love and because of his great power. Let us not be guilty of our own evasion, but let us strive to serve God in this way. Because God's plan will be carried out regardless of us being a part of it but let's choose to be a part of it. See, ultimately, there was salvation, even for the people here in Jonah's story here in chapter 1. Let's continue reading, starting in verse 13. It says, Nevertheless, so this is after Jonah has been now said, Go ahead, throw me over the boat, get me out of here, the sea is horrible, take me out of this place. It says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to try to get back to dry land, but they couldn't. For the sea grew more and more temptuous again. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood for you. O Lord, have done as it is pleasing. O Lord, have done as it is pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. There's that familiar part of the Jonah story. I grew up singing the VBS song about Jonah. Who did, who did, who did, who did swallow Jojo Jonah? It was a big fish. Spoiler alert. 
we think about salvation and we think about the great gift that Christ has given us, and that is the ultimate gift of salvation. But even here, the people were saved from God's wrath, were they not? They were given this saving grace here. Once they threw the problem overboard, right? Once they threw Jonah overboard. You see, they figured out after casting lots that it definitely was Jonah. And Jonah, when he says, what, when they ask them, who is your God? He says, the God of the heavens and the earth. And they said, okay, that covers it. Your God is the real God. And they threw him overboard. It stopped. You know what's interesting about the story of Jonah? How many miracles are in the story of Jonah? From the beginning to the sea to the fish to the many things that, Christ, that God did here for Jonah. What did the people do? Now, I don't know quite how sailors were back then exactly, but we see sometimes in the New Testament how fishermen were, and they weren't exactly the most godly folks, but somehow Christ called many of them to be followers of his. And here in this story, the mariners, or the sailors here, for some reason, are more spiritual than Jonah. They are repenting, they're turning, and they're praising God while Jonah continues to avoid them. Why did they turn to God and praise him? Because of his great power. It said that they were exceedingly afraid and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows to him. You see, the people here turned to God in their moment of distress because they recognized his great power as Jonah continued to flee from his responsibilities. You see, this experience is going to help Jonah embrace this commission again. And in the next chapter, we see the prayer that Jonah gives as he's in the belly of this fish for multiple days and as he's striving to turn back to God. And Jonah goes to Nineveh eventually, still reluctant, still not wanting to do the very thing that God has called him to do. And he preaches a one-sentence sermon. And you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, why can't we have that right now? But that's what Jonah does. He preaches a one-sentence sermon, and he didn't even say the word, the name of God in his sermon. And guess what? All of the people of Nineveh turned to God. They put sackcloth on themselves, which is a sign of, of mourning as they were turning to God. Here's another weird thing about this story. The animals repented. Even the animals were turning back to God, yet... The prophet of God. Was he excited? Was Jonah excited about all these people turning back to God? No. Jonah threw a pity party. Jonah was upset because of what God did. And Jonah chapter 4, this is after the people have turned back to God. And God has saved them from this disaster. He has saved them from his wrath. It says, but it has displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
what an interesting story of one of the prophets of God continuing to not understand God's mission. He said he was upset with God because he was gracious and mercy, gracious and merciful. Why did God save these people? Because he is gracious and merciful. Why did Jonah not understand? Because he just wasn't getting it for some reason. Remember, who are these people? These people are Jonah's enemy, his people's enemy. Imagine yourself in a place. Let's just act like the Mount Juliet Church, and and for some reason, um, there's a battle coming at us. And we as a people are called to go and to talk to these people, but they keep continuing to deny us, continuing to harm us, and yet we are still called to go and to show them love. That's a similar situation here. Jonah did not care about God's graciousness. See, Jonah had been given a great commission to take this reconciliation of God to these people, and we have been given a great commission. He chose to evade. He chose to run from his responsibilities, and unfortunately, sometimes I can be guilty of that, and maybe some of you all can as well. But ultimately, there's a great gift of salvation that we are called to show others to, and that Jonah was showing these people. You see, avoiding our purpose does us no good, because God's will will be accomplished in the end anyway. Jonah's purpose was to share the salvation with these people. He was given a great commission, and we've been given a great commission in Matthew chapter 28. What a challenge for us to choose to love people that are hard to love, and not just love them, but to show them the way to God. See, God appointed the fish to swallow up Jonah, and Scripture tells us that Jesus was appointed by God for our salvation. You see, he struggled to love the enemy, and God challenges us to do the exact same thing, to love our enemy, to love those who are against what we are about, but to show them the correct way. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but I can list some here, and some of these stomp on my toes so bad. But God calls us to love thy foreign, homeless, prostitute, imprisoned, disabled, gay, straight, enemy, blue-collar, white-collar, old, young, black, white, lonely, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, Atheist, male, female, racist, addicted, rich, poor, liberal, conservative, different than you, neighbor. That is who God has called us to love, and that is not an easy task. But we have the opportunity, those holding on to God's word, to share it with other people. Jonah's account of his evasion should cause us to draw back to our mission in life, and that is to show other people the gospel. Because I've got some great news for you. We have the great news. And we have the opportunity to share it with people wherever we are. That doesn't mean we have to go onto a foreign field. It just may mean we have to go across the street to share the love of Christ and to draw people to God. You see, John Piper once said, when it comes to world missions, there's only three kinds of Christians, zealous goers, zealous senders, and disobedient. And tonight I would argue that that statement is, is very touching and struggling for me because I struggle with those things. 
But God wants us to, wherever we are, to be zealous goers. As you are going, we share the gospel. If you're here tonight, you're not sure about what this gospel is, you're not sure about salvation, you're not sure about any of these things, we'd love to talk to you. If you're here tonight and you're struggling in your walk with God, or you're just not sure where to turn, we'd love to pray with you. But ultimately here tonight, we are here to gather, to worship our Lord, to encourage one another to good works, like sharing the word with others. If you have any need tonight, we'd ask that you come forward as we stand and as we sing.